Welcome, you're listening to the Mac Observer's Background Mode. I am your host, John Marchalero, and this week my guest is John Keat. John, welcome back. It's good to be here. How are you? I'm good. For the listeners, John is a TMO regular contributing editor. He's also a successful New York attorney, and we share a common interest, TV technology, especially 4K and 8K, and high-performance Macs. And in case you were wondering... Why I've invited John on the show. It's a special thing because John is the owner of a new 2019 Mac Pro, and I am eager to ask him about it. So, John, are you ready? I'm ready, but it's not even new anymore. That whole new car smell's gone. It's been here working for for months, I think. So, yeah. Uh, so, tell me, what configuration did you buy? Because Everybody wants to I know. got a 28 core. Oh, oh um, awesome. Yeah, I got the base video card. Uh, even though it's useless, I actually just yanked that card out because I had a better card waiting. And uh, I got the minimum um, storage because I loathe the T2 um, boat anchor. Uh, there's some actually interesting info about how that T2 chip SSD works. So I got the smallest uh, drive possible because I knew I was going to put in my own PCI storage, uh, which I did. Um, and let's see. So, yeah, it was uh, max the processor <laughs> and minimize everything else. What about uh, the RAM? And I have, I have 96 gigs of, of RAM. Only uh, which, 96. Oh. Yeah, it's funny. My old machine has 128, but I, I, r- <laughs> I rarely use that much so um wh- one of the things that's important in this machine is to um get at least six uh sticks of memory in there uh, it can work with less i think it can work as with as little as two but the the throughput of the memory uh, bus goes down dramatically i think some people did some tests and like going from the base 32 gig which is i think in two stick configuration or something like that or a four stick configuration to something with six match sticks is like a 30% difference uh, in some computational. I seem to recall uh, there was an issue yeah. like that with some previous Macs. I forget yeah. which one. That's good to know. So uh, you were going to add your own uh, SSD storage. Right. I added, um, uh, which was something new to me. Uh, so there's uh, Micron makes a, um, a lot of very high, relatively high capacity SSDs now and for I won't say they're cheap <laughs> but they're no longer insane. Uh these drives actually have been around for I think 3 years uh in 15 terabyte SSD capacities and they came in either in SATA and also um uh, in other kind of uh SATA basically a very slow relatively slow th- uh protocol it it maxes out at around 550 megabytes per second which isn't terrible by kind of at all but by kind of the new standards on on most of the new Macs, uh you're getting two to three gigabytes per second on the ssds there so sata is kind of on its way out but you could get i bought for my tivo to expand it an ssd which is a little insane but um a uh, 7.8 terabyte um, SATA SSD, and those go for under $900. So you might have enough room to record all of the last ship. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
I, I do. Uh, and what's great about it is also you don't worry if the TiVo like gets knocked around or tipped over because there's no you know moving parts on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, so, uh, it was also a Micron drive, and Micron has been pushing uh, these solutions uh, for enterprise and for database reading, which has a lot of read writes. So most people uh, will tell you it's insane to put a SATA drive into something like a TiVo. Because what TiVos do is they <laughs> they actually record all six tuners twenty four seven by default because they have that live TV thing going. So you have six tuners read writing twenty four hours a day, and what that tends to do is destroy hard drives pretty fast. Three and a half inch hard drives can kind of survive it, but even the new TiVo bolts they come with these two point five inch drives, and they are wearing out pretty fast if you go to the forums like in two three years people start getting errors with them and it's worse for an ssd they're just not designed for that kind of massive read writes except for these new microns um uh, which i've had almost for a year now in that in that tivo which is pretty brutalizing most that's people, a real acid test well yeah they've tried uh, i think most people that have tried ssds and tivos they die in about three months um, because of kind of that brutalizing continuous writing uh, that they experience. So Micron, uh, and the reason is that Micron, you, uh, these are for enterprise and they're for enterprise database uh, work. So these things get lots and lots of rights, you know, if, if you're, I don't know, Priceline or Amazon using these, you know, for your own back office, you obviously have a lot of activity going on. So they have to kind of survive for longer. Do you have a notion so, about how they tinker with the SSD to uh provide that kind of robustness it's a good question i know there's like the qlc versus ulc versus mlc and uh like the qlc are the least reliable but cheapest and mlc are supposedly the best most reliable and ulc are somewhere in the middle and and the the difference between them is like qlc is like three or four layers uh ulc is like two layers and mlc is like a single layer of of uh uh of storage uh chip stuff and when you you know sandwich more and more you get bleed through and and it just gets less reliable is the idea but the drive i have in my um tivo is a qlc drive so they just uh the i'm not sure what they're doing it's something about how they're it's not purely on the chip substrate type it seems to be just they're they're producing this knowing it's going to go into pretty heinous environments and kind of like I did the the calculation like it would I would have to rewrite the contents of the drive. I think it's something like five times a day for five years. Right. Something by which time I hope to have a new drive. Right. Before. before So you got a 14 terabyte micron MLC SSD. No, I got a 15.36 terabyte for the Mac Pro. And it's a different type. It's not a SATA drive. It's um, an NVMe drive which normally you see NVMe look like those little sticks, like almost like RAM, right? That, yeah. That's the way they are in, uh, in the iMac Pro. Well, it's not really an NVMe stick, but that's the way they are in, in many um, computers these days. They look like uh, SIM cards almost, um, and they're just like vertical sticks uh, for the chipset. This NVMe is in a different form factor called U2. And a U.2 looks identical to a two and a half inch drive that you might have found in an old MacBook, like, you know, circa 2010. So it looks like a, like it might have a 
two and a half inch spinner drive in there, but really it's all NVMe and it has a, a different kind of connector, which <laughs> took some figuring out what the right connector was from the drive to the special PCI card that I got to get it connected. But it's super fast. Uh, that drive reads uh, 3,500 or 3.5 gigabytes per second read write. Uh, sustain so it's not slow is there a mac um, pro watering hole where you can go and learn about this stuff so as far as i know i'm the first human being to get this to work um it, there's that guy he i, I really like his uh youtube videos uh he, he's like snazzy videos or whatever he does a lot of mac reviews and whatnot and he tried to throw a youtube drive in there an intel one with a uh, with some, I forget the no-name PCI card, and it didn't work for him. And some other people on the Mac Rumors forums also tried. Um, I try. I got um, a card called a High Point seventy-one twenty card, and it can it can connect four of these things together, and you can <laughs> you you could raid them, so you could have sixty terabytes of of SSD, and it will read write. It will aggregate all that around twelve gigabytes per second throughput. If you want to oh get that my. crazy, can I ask? Um, can I ask how much you paid roughly for this whole setup? So the whole machine, and you know, adding the storage and whatnot uh, to it, probably ca came in around. I think it's around seventeen grand. That's um, not too bad. Um, 18 grand. Um, yeah, it's not exactly what I call, uh, <laughs> disposable, right? Um, it, like it was, are you, it was a are you worried about the longevity of the machine in terms of how valuable it's going to be to you and what it's going to be worth in say two or three years? Not at all. But you know, it's funny. It's funny. I thought I was going to have the biggest buyer's remorse for this. John, like, I, I'm like, why am I buying this thing? Because mm -hmm. in my, I wrote articles about this, like this machine is coming dated and ancient on arrival, right? Like today you can get a 64 core, uh, AMD that will destroy my 28 core, uh, machine, right? If, if you're into 3d or whatever, something like that, that uses that massive parallelism, right? God, it's and, a Mac. Well, yeah. The sad thing is that, uh, did you know the Mac OS literally cannot handle um, more than, um, I think it's, uh, 64 threads and processor cores right now. So like, even if you tried to run, like if, uh, if a machine came out right now, the operating system can't handle more than, um, uh, 64. So kind of, uh, where, where I'm at is close to the limit until they update it. But yes, it is a Mac. Uh, although a lot of people are running, you know, a Hackintosh, um, versions of this that really need more throughput, but, uh, yeah, that same 64 core machine would probably cost, I don't know, a third of what I paid for this Mac, you know, for similar specs. And yes, it wouldn't be a Mac. Um, but it's something that I think Apple should, should <laughs> definitely figure out. And I don't blame Apple. It's not their fault that Intel really stinks, um, and what they're putting out, but nonetheless, you know, they have to compete, uh, on some of this high end and they, and they should think about it, maybe having an, if, if Intel doesn't fix itself and it doesn't look like it will, it doesn't look like they're going to really get anything competitive to AMD till 2021. That would be the absolute best case. And who knows where AMD is going to be by then. Uh, so it might not be to 2022. They should consider putting out a machine with an AMD processor uh, at the very, very high end. Probably not trivial and they have other considerations, but anyway, uh, I, I've, I've, <laughs> 
I've gone down one rabbit hole to another. The point is, I thought I was going to have this huge buyer's remorse considering, you know, I'm getting what I think it, it has PCI three when PCI five is probably going to come out in you know two months right. from now. Um, but I'm delighted with the machine. Um, well, that was my last question on my list. This, there. How do yeah, you feel about the performance versus cost? In other words, the value. It's it's a ripoff, sound. but but we're on a you know we're 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 a Stockholm syndrome suffering Apple users, so we'll take what they give us and like it. Well, I was um, going to ask you if maybe this Mac has restored your faith in Apple. And it's no, Mac. no, no, they have not. The the iMac Pro is still is still ancient. This machine is poorly timed on its release versus its capabilities relative to what's competitive out there. I'm glad it's out. And th the reason I'm, I'm, I don't have buyer's remorse is, is a weird bit of, uh, I guess, lawyerly sophistry because there is a chance that Apple will never update this Mac again. Right. Well, that was my uh, whole question. What, what would be <laughs> the appropriate time to update it? Because they haven't right. updated the 2017 iMac Pro yet. So this was my thinking. And I was, will I get this? Won't I get this? Everyone, of course, made bets that uh, you're, you're an idiot. We, we know you always buy you know, the, this stuff. And, of course, they were right. <laughs> but uh, whether they believe it or not, I was on the fence of whether I get this or not just because it is dated hardware on release. And uh, it's an awful lot of money. Um, so what the, my, the rationale that I ended up with is, look, if... Apple ends up selling so few of these because one, you know, partly because they're expensive and they decides they're never going to make another Mac Pro again. Well, thank goodness I caught this, right? Because it's going to be the last <laughs> Mac Pro. I really need this machine. And if you're buying this Mac Pro two years or three years later when it's not updated, you're going to be like Brian Jevons saying that it's, it's never happening. It's I'm not the paying the Jedi. Price. Right. <laughs> and if they do update it, which I'll be super thrilled about, that means I'm going to wait two or three years, right? And, and when PCI, you know, five or six are out and then uh, they'll be up to, you know, 128 core or something. And hopefully they'll be more competitive and then I'll just upgrade, uh, then, and I'll be happy with that too. So that was my weird <laughs> rationalization for, for why I'm happy with it. And plus my, my, my old Mac pro, um, is the, the five comma one, right? The, the old cheese grater, which is a 2010 machine. And I used to call that machine Franken Mac because I have updated that machine beyond recognition. I mean, there's so many janky, like duct tape level upgrades on that thing to make it, you know, somewhat modern. And the last operating system it could even run is Mojave. Um, it's a, it, it's a wonderful machine. I have nothing but praise. It might be one of the best computers I've ever had in my life because it's, it's, it's been working nine years, no, 10 years, um, 24 seven nonstop. Um, so it's hard to complain about a machine like that, but I desperately needed something more modern. Um, so, okay. uh, so this worked out for me. We're um, going to have to take a break now. Sure. When we come back, I want to ask you about displays and some other stuff. Folks, we have to take the short commercial break. We'll be back in 60 seconds. I'm chatting with John Keat. Stay with us. Hello there, all you fabulous background mode listeners. I'm Charlotte Henry with the Mac Observer, and I just want to say a few words about how you can support all the things we do. If you're thinking about buying something from Apple, Amazon, or Macmore, simply go to the Mac Observer's homepage where we have a section called Support TMO. Or you can just enter www.macobserver.com forward slash Apple Store, all one word, 
and that will take you to our special page for Apple and all our other affiliate partners. If you make a purchase from one of our partners this way, the Mac Observer receives a small compensation for sending business their way. Pretty cool, right? And even better, you don't pay a penny more. This small fee from our affiliates helps us continue to bring you TMO's daily news, reviews, tips, how-tos and podcasts just like this one. So, the next time you're thinking about an online purchase, please do come to TMO's homepage and support the Mac Observer. Thanks. Back to you, John. We're back on chatting with John Key, TMO contributor and owner of a shiny new 2019 Mac Pro. Now, I got to ask you, did you buy a Pro Display XDR? And did you buy the stand if you did? <laughs> no, it's it, that that screen is not something I'm terribly interested in. Um, I I think um, it, it's a lovely screen for the 0.001% of the 0.001% buying this Mac that need, you know, kind of reference quality. Mm. Uh, but this is another thing where Apple is, is you know, off eating, um, you know, telling everyone to eat, uh, <laughs> let them eat cake. Um, the vast majority of professionals do not need reference quality displays. Some, a sound engineer does not need a reference quality <laughs> display. How many displays I, do you have connected then? I bet, I bet it's two or three or four. I have six 30-inch uh, cinema displays hooked up to mine. Oh, um, and um, they're old, but they're, they're you know they're not as high res, but they're really nice. Uh, they they have the 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 correct fruit logo on them. Uh, <laughs> so from an aesthetic standpoint, These are the they look nice. The aluminum frame. Yes. And um, uh, I'm driving them. By the way, this is something really cool about the new Mac Pro that was not the case for the old Mac Pro and was a nightmare on the old Mac Pro. Um, so on the old Mac Pro, you had to have a graphics card that was made for the Mac Pro for you to be able to boot up um, and see the Apple logo and do the, you know, the fancy key presses like hit option to choose what boot drive to uh, mm -hmm. press or, or all the other variations of, of the boot up sequences. You can't see that if you just use a regular PC version of that because they were EFI based. The new Mac uh, Pro is, is, I think it's UEFI based. And what that means is I have a regular old, um, uh, what's it? Um, uh, Radeon WX9100 card, uh, which is um, much better than the 580, and it and also has the benefit of being able to drive all six of my screens. Um, and uh, I just slapped it in there, and it works, and all the boot screens and stuff work. And that was just not doable with the old cheese grater um, Mac Pro. So good to know. So how are you driving them with DisplayPort? Yeah, it's a mini display port on that card, so it has six right on right on the card, and all six of my uh, screens have mini display ports. So just basically slap them in, and and it was good to go. Cool, cool. But I will be change. Uh, I am going to be upgrading these, and to me, the solution. I think we've discussed this before. I might be. I don't know if I'm going to test it this year because what I'd like to do is hold out for um, an 8K screen, but an OLED screen. Um, which is one of the things of you know it's funny they always talk about the again i don't n the the new monitor is an awesome monitor it's a reference monitor but, and they talk about color accuracy but one part of its color accuracy uh that is uh is not that great is uh, it's black levels right because it's still an lcd panel and it's like uh i think it's like a micro lcd where it has i don't remember like 576 zones 
right? But if you have like a star cluster and you have one dot, it's not going to be one dot like it is on OLED, which is every pixel is backlit individually versus this has zones mm -hmm. and black is a color too. <laughs> and not having accurate colors to me on black when, you know, dark mode is very important. And, um, a lot of design involves deep, deep blacks and what's, uh, what not. So the listeners, John and I, yeah. both owners of OLED 4k TVs, right. we're, OLED, we're OLED nutcases. I just got a second one, John, by the way. I got, a, I got the 2019 77-inch. 77. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> Can it's I move pretty... in with you? Do you have a spare bedroom? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm not sure my girlfriend's going to be that. Uh, but she'll have um, you over for dinner many times. My wife doesn't um, like that either, but... Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, but so I did hook up this the Mac Pro to um, my older the 2016 machine because it was the only display i had while i was testing it just to make sure it, it wasn't dead on arrival uh with that 580 card uh that came with it and i think i think that that the system is capable of hdr straight out and let me tell you the the image was stunning it was i mean i'm used to pretty good displays but this was like on another level. I think we've left the error where, where there's this huge divide between um, getting a consumer television versus a monitor, right? Uh, now, obviously, it's not going to be as good as an XDR in, in most ways, especially with color accuracy and whatnot. Uh, but let me tell you what is better that than the XDR in blacks. <laughs> it's definitely. And the HDR was pretty pretty awesome on on it so it got me very excited um uh, with for the 8k displays that are coming out and i think i think unfortunately i think it's going to be too expensive and they haven't released a price but lg released a 77 inch 8k display or at least announced one for this year so you know is it going to be one of these twenty five thousand dollar screens or five thousand dollar screens because let me tell you, if it's more towards the $5,000, I'd rather spend $5,000 on an 8K 77-inch OLED than on Apple's display. It's not even going to be close uh, because the, that extra display area, it's going to go from 20 megapixels on the XDR to I think it's like 36 meg megapixels or something crazy like that on one 8K display. I've always and wondered probably... about Apple's decision to make the Pro Display XDR only 27 inches. I was expecting 31 or 34. Uh, it's 32. It's the, the Pro oh, XDR is 32? 32 inches. Yeah, oh, it is. Okay. It's, so it's a very Never good mind. size. And my understanding is it's kind of um, pixel roughly accurate with the 5K display. So if you kind of put it one document on one and slide it over to the other, they're going to roughly take, you know, the same amount of space because the pixel density is pretty, pretty close to dead on between the 5K and the 6K. Uh, the 5K being 27 inch and the 6K being 32 inch. Um, but yeah, anyway, uh, that, that's my plan is that I'll probably replace at least three of these displays with one 8K display when kind of the, the OLED tech, um, 8K OLED becomes something not in the realm of um of <laughs> of selling body parts for yeah. yeah 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 so how long did it take to get the mac pro from the time you ordered it until it was delivered we uh, we ordered it like the the moment it went on sale and um 
I, I got it pretty quickly. The believe it or I think I got it. It was like within two weeks. Um, I know some people waited longer, like, you know, if you were deeper in the queue and I don't know what the shipping dates are now, cause I got mine. So frankly, I'm, I'm not terribly, you know, I'm, yeah, I'm more focused on see what the shipping time is now. And that tells you something about the demand. I remember the wheels. I, I initially ordered a machine with wheels and the wheels put it back like an extra month. And then I, I just canceled that order and reordered without the wheels, figuring if I want them, I'll get them later. Um, but wheels are yeah, sort came, of uh, expensive, aren't they? They're $400. Yeah. It's pretty, pretty dopey. Um, but, uh, and you could buy like a little, you know, a little printer dolly for, for, for probably like 20 bucks. So, um, uh, depends on, you know, how fashionable, uh, you want to be with this, but, uh, uh, yeah, uh, it, it's, it's overpriced. Like, like many of the other things are on this machine. What are you using the Mac Pro principally for? What is your workflow like and what are your tasks? Well, this machine is an everything machine for me. So I do a lot of work stuff, which, uh, you know, on the most banal parts of it are using Microsoft <laughs> Word, you know, for a lot of writing. But I, uh, uh, I do also uh, do uh, some video transcoding. Uh, it's not a big part of my, and some audio work, um, and some, uh, photo stuff. Uh, what I'm getting this, at is, is the speed increase noticeable and is it saving you time or is it sort of like just a bigger, more expensive cheese grater? Um, it is, I don't know how to explain this. Everything feels crisp. <laughs> Everything you move is like crisply moved. And, um, uh, the oddly for me, the biggest productivity gain is having this 15 terabyte SSD for the first time ever. I can put everything on one drive and just how do you from, back that. How do you back that up? Or do you, uh, I have a 16 terabyte, uh, time machine, uh, thing that's local. And so that's the local backup. Then I have an ass where, you know, further things get backed up and then I rotate that um uh, as well so uh, what i'm do you do what i have a carbon copy clone too i haven't done that yet because I'm, I'm i'm still feeling out the system for the best way to do that right um yeah. whether or not i stuff another <laughs> another <laughs> another 15 terabyte um ssd in it uh for for that or do i stuff uh another 16 terabyte um um, uh, spinner, right. Just to, to keep it up to date and then kind of go through a, a restore rather than just a kind of a, a, a switch, right. Of, of which drive I'm booting to, um, uh, just because the, the drive that, that, um, that 15 terabyte micron 9300 pro drive, you can get it for around uh, just under $2,500 now, which again is pri it's pricey. But, you know, that drive a few years ago was $25,000. Um, so it's come down quite a bit. Um, it, and it's the curve of affordability is, is you know, starting to level more. Uh, so hopefully these bigger and bigger, like I think four terabyte drives are finally starting to be something, you know, a mere mortal that needs a space uh, is, is getting more affordable. And, and this higher end of the curve is. But to me, what's interesting is, the, the largest spinner drive that you can easily get right now um, is 16 terabytes. And, and you can get 
this is not the largest SSD. You can get bigger SSDs than this still. Um, and I find that fascinating that at the high end, SSDs, at least in the capacity wars, are, are now finally overtaking kind of the spinner drives. I've heard that the um, new Mac Pro is very quiet under load. Have you had a chance to experience that? Yes. And I'm not sure how to properly define this. So if you define under load, like pinning the, the processors, right? Like doing some mm -hmm. kind of massive encoding or something like that. It's, it's, it's kind of like disturbing. This thing is just doesn't care at all. Um, the fans, if they, I think I, I noticed, uh, cause I was watching the fan speed that they went from 500 RPM to a thousand RPM. I couldn't tell the difference. This machine is maybe 30 inches away from me. If that underneath my desk. Um, so it, it's, it's just kind of, it, it's just disturbingly quiet. Like if, if I push the old five comma one, uh, the, the old cheese grater Mac, um, as much, you would definitely hear it. You, it, you get a bit of a jet engine thing. Yeah, I had so, one in 2009, uh, Mac pro, and it would keep my office toasty warm in the winter. <laughs> yeah. That, that part, I don't know if this keeps my monitors keep me toasty warm. Cause these things are all like <laughs> 100 watt light bulbs each for the six of them. So I'm kind of sitting sunbathing in, in 600 Watts of, uh, <laughs> fluorescence, uh, all the time. But, um, I, I'm not sure about this. This thing actually, I, I've noticed it sips power. Like when I'm not doing much, just kind of, you know, emailing, web browsing or whatever. Um, one, I can't even see like the ISAT menu. It just looks like I have 0% used all the time. And um, I look at the, it's plugged into a UPS that tells me the wattage that it's using. And it's around like 180 to 220 watts. So it's, it's barely operating. Um, so it's very kind of energy efficient, um, when it's working. Um, and by the way, it, this is just to tell you how bad the, the, the base video card is that Apple ships the five, the 580 one is not only slower than my card, uh, which is, is a couple of years old at this point. Um, I had six monitors plugged into my card, the, the 9100, and it was only taking 10 watts of power to just kind of drive them and, and do normal stuff. Nothing, you know, crazy. Why do you I wasn't think playing. Apple does that. I mean, they, they know they're going to charge you a lot of money for an expensive, exotic, high performance machine, extreme needs, uh, uh, technical professionals who are spending corporate or government money. Why would they skimp on the base graphics card? Why do they do things like that? I think they missed their launch window. It's kind of like the space shuttle, right? The space shuttle, had uh, a modified version of an IBM 360 mainframe or something like that in there, with which had the equivalent of eight megabytes of memory, which was sorely out of date by the time the shuttle flew. But that's what they kind of designed in at the time. And then all the launch delays went so long that by the time it launched, it was, you know, decrepit ancient technology. Mm. I think that they wanted to launch this thing. If you think about it, they launched this basically 2020. The fact that they shipped, you know, three people, myself included, you know, something on December 30th, which is you literally when Hunter. I got this. You and Craig Hunter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, the fact that we got ours, you know, with two days left is baloney. This is a 220 uh, mach uh, machine. And they did their apology tour in 17. Yeah. Right. So it took them three years to get this out. 
I think they were looking to get this out. And this machine would not have faced my pretty harsh criticism that it's ancient kind of, you know, outdated equipment on arrival, which it is, uh, if they hit it a year, a year and a half early. So I think that they had that window and who knows what went in, you know, problems will happen. Um, and that's my thinking that that's what they were going with. And they just stuck with that, with what they were shipping then. Maybe it wasn't as embarrassing, you know, a year and a half earlier for them to have shipped that tech. But anyway, that, that 580 with no screens plugged into it, eats 20, it eats 2.6 times more than, than my much better card, right? It, it eats 26 watts versus 10 watts, which I found fascinating. It's doing nothing and eating up two and a half times more uh, times uh, juice. Uh, so it's just a terrible card. That base card is just the pits. All right. Well, we're starting to run out of time here. So do, do you have any final thoughts? Uh, earlier in the show, you said you were generally very pleased with it. So you could, so, yeah, I so tell me what your final reaction is kind of sum everything up. I'll give one technical thing and then I'll do the sum up thing. Cause I think this technical thing is really interesting. So you're probably aware of, you know, kind of resetting PR Ram, right? Uh, parameter right. Ram. And mm -hmm. that was always, that was always Ram. So when you hit the command option P and R key, it would flush the, the parameter Ram and it would like clean all kinds of settings, like what, what cards might be in, in, in what slots and, and all kinds of settings for the Mac. So all T2 machines do not have any parameter RAM. What they have is non-volatile RAM. And that non-volatile RAM is, the, is part of the, the hard drive, the, the T2 drive, the, the SSD that is in there. And so what and one of the reasons they got rid of non-volatile RAM is some applications were really bad, and they wrote frequently to that. And there's only so many read-writes uh, that PRRAM could deal with before it died and then you brick the machine because you can't change the PRM. So part of this is good. Part of this is bad. So the good news is the SS storing all that and uh, parameter RAM stuff on the SSD of the T2 chip one, it's you know more secure, but it can read write like almost infinity times relative to the old PRM. So that makes it more robust. However, even if you don't use that, that drive at all, right? You boot with a PCI card, uh, and, and, and boot or any other external, uh, storage, uh, that you want. If you yank that SSD card, a T2 Mac will not boot because the, literally the, the boot information and in PR RAM is all on that card. And the other negative that I found out is you can never upgrade that. If it goes bad, Apple will let you exchange it for, you know, and they'll, you'll basically have to rebuild whatever's on that SSD, but they will not let you upgrade from a 256 to a two terabyte or from a two terabyte to an eight terabyte. Whatever you buy, they say you will suffer with for eternity, which is insanity. Mm. Um, so it, it's one of the many weird wrinkles that the T2 chip brings with it. Again, some good, some bad, but that's why I, I got the 256 because the way I look at it is it's a glorified PR RAM. <laughs> it's more <laughs> robust. And it's also an emergency boot drive, right? If, if my main drive goes bad, I can boot it and re do recovery and stuff like that on it. Um, uh, I'm not saying everyone should do that, but it's something to consider. Anyway, that, that was the weird technical thing that was kind of that pretty important. Thing, that was, yeah. yeah. Okay. As for the <laughs> overall view of it. Um, yeah, it, it's, um, it's hard to it's hard to say. I I personally love it. 
I'm really glad I, I, I really needed this machine. My old machine was dying. It, it had all kinds of weirdness. You know, it's a 10-year-old machine that was constantly working, occurring. So I desperately needed to upgrade it. If you desperately needed need the machine to upgrade and you can justify it with, um, you know, needing it for work and it being something that helps you earn a living, to me, it's a no-brainer. I, I thought I would have... Um, I thought I would have kind of buyer's remorse, but I didn't at all. Uh, but on the other hand, it's really tough to go tell someone, yeah, yeah just go out and spend, you know, 18 grand and, and you're going to be happy. That's kind of, it's all, I could also recommend that everyone go out, get uh, a Ferrari and a McLaren. You'll enjoy it. But um, I'm not sure, I'm not sure that's, you know, broadly applicable advice for, for everyone. <laughs> all right. Excellent. Well, John, thank you for coming on the show and telling me about your uh, new Mac Pro and all the technical details. It's been uh, wonderful. Thank you very much. Happy to. Happy to talk with you again, John. Folks, you've been listening to John Key talk about his 2019 Mac Pro, and you've been listening to the Mac Observer's background mode. We'll see you again next week.